This is a WRAL News special presentation. Coronavirus. Facts, not fear. Good evening, everyone, and thank you so much for joining us. I'm Deborah Morgan. Coronavirus is now touching all of our lives. It's pervasive in what it means to our daily work lives. In the workplace, at school, our 401ks, sporting events, charity galas, and so much more. North Carolina is under a state of emergency to contain and combat the virus. And tonight, we continue our extensive and intensive look into coronavirus, facts, not fear. Joining us tonight is Dr. Elizabeth Tilson, the state health director. Regina Petaway, Wake County Human Services Director, and Mike Walden, an NC State economist. So, Dr. Tilson, let's get right to it. A lot has happened just this afternoon. So bring us up to date. Where does North Carolina stand with coronavirus? Yeah, a lot has happened since Monday, I think. We were here. This was a really, really busy week. Um, and I think what you see is North Carolina really trying to have a proactive approach, right? We really feel like this is a big inflection point of us really having a lot of forward posture to protect um, our state as a whole. We have seen trends across the globe, across the country, and then starting as we start seeing more cases in North Carolina, we really wanted to um, step up um, as much as possible to prevent and slow the spread um, across the state. Um, Including the governor today announcing that there's going to be canceling, he's recommending anyway, canceling or yeah. postponing any gatherings of 100 people or more. Yeah, and so what you've seen over the course of the week is us having uh, um, an escalating um, set of recommendations. And as we said, this is an incredibly ev rapidly evolving situation. We're continuing to reassess and may well be making, um, and have, you see us making different recommendations um, day to day. So today, yeah, I wanna go through all the recommendations that we made today, which was a step up from the recommendations that we made on Tuesday. Um, the first thing is that, again, what we do know about this virus is that people who are over 65 and have underlying chronic health conditions, we know that they may not be more um, at risk for contracting the virus, but more at risk for having severe complications. So we. And if I could stop you right yeah. there, because out of the cases we have in North Carolina right now, one of the things that you all talked about at the news conference was of the people who have contracted con coronavirus, they are all at home recovering. Yeah. They may be a little sick, but even those in the high-risk category are not in the hospital. That is right, yeah. The vast majority of people are gonna have mild symptoms and be able to be at home. I think that's so important to yeah. talk about yeah. as we are talking about the cancellation of events. Should I even leave my home home? A lot of people are nervous about this. Yeah, and what we're doing, though, those, well, those are called community mitigation strategies. And the point of that is to slow the spread throughout the community. And really, that is going to be to protect our people who are at the highest risk of complications. Um, one, to protect the, the people, and we for sure want them, don't want them to have complications or to die, and also to be sure that we are reducing the demand on our medical system. So what we can do as a community to protect our most uh, people at highest risk, that's the point of the, a lot of these um, community mitigation strategies, right? Because the vast majority of people, especially our children, our young people, very mild symptoms. Mm -hmm. So this are, these strategies are, not, uh, are really to protect um, our most high-risk people. Another strategy to work from home. Yeah, yeah. So let me kind of just I'll run through some Please of those do. strategies. Right, so the ones that are targeting specifically are people at high risk for, for um, 
for um, clinical disease. So one, making sure that um, those people, and again, over 65 underlying health conditions, stay home as much as possible. We know that is hard, but stay home as much as possible, which means we need to be sure that communities are helping to support them. No checking your neighbors, making sure that those people have what they need to be at home. Second, uh, and what we've seen, especially out in Seattle, is nursing homes, long-term long -term care facilities where we have people who are all high risk. So we're putting in extra protective measures for our nursing homes, restricting um, visitors. If visitors are going to visit, making sure they don't have symptoms um, or known exposure. So a lot of our um, protections around our nursing home, um, around workplace, right. So what we said uh, originally was in the Wake County, but now it's extended statewide is um, telecommute as much as you can um, and, um, and have staggered shifts so that you're not having a lot of people together at work and increasing that social distance. The big, big announcement, right, was that any gathering of 100 people or more statewide we're recommending canceling, postponing, or modifying if you can. If you could have that event and have people more than six feet away, um, that would be okay, but we're really, um, that, that was our, the big step up was, was mass, gather, uh, mass gatherings. Um, and then let's talk about schools proactively because we know people ask that a lot. Um, schools are, um, that's a really um, difficult decision around schools. As we said, children don't seem to be um, at risk um, for this. And so we balance the, um, the benefit and the, and the risks actually of, of canceling school. If we were to cancel school, then thinking about where are those kids gonna congregate? Are they still gonna congregate somewhere else? Um, what happens if their parents have to work? Are they in their home by themselves? Um, those kids that are dependent on school for free and reduced lunch. And if those kids then, if the parents are working, they're staying with their grandparents who are at high risk. So school is a really um, uh, uh, a challenging decision decision. Um, so we are not recommending preemptive school closures, but we are recommending is those um, uh, or, um, assemblies or events at school where you have mass gatherings. So um, big assemblies, big events, um, inner, inner school um, activities where we're having those, um, those mass gatherings at schools we're recommending canceling. Regina, let's go to you now because we know as of tonight we have the eighth case in Wake County and these numbers are changing so rapidly. So mm -hmm. as of right this minute, eight cases. So talk to us about how those patients are doing and how you're doing the investigation to see who they've come in contact, where they've been. So um, we are fortunate in Wake County that um, this last patient, in fact, most of our patients are doing what you would want them to do. They are um, staying isolated where we ask them to stay isolated. Um, they're staying away from crowds and we've had no deaths so far as far as I know, Dr. Tilson. No, statewide. None. Um, and so I really appreciate the public paying attention and they are. So people really know the symptoms and they really know what to do when they have those symptoms. One of the things I want to emphasize is that we really appreciate people just not going into your doctor's office, but call first so that your health provider can be ready for you when you get there. And luckily, we have more places now that can do testing, and maybe Dr. Tilson wants to talk about that. Well, we, we've got to take a break right okay. at this minute, but definitely we're going to come back. We're going to talk more about this, including the fact that some major sporting events have been canceled. What's the economic impact of coronavirus? We'll be right back. Thank you for staying with us as we continue our discussion of facts, not fear, surrounding coronavirus. Mike, I want to go to you now and talk about some of the major decisions 
to cancel the rest of the ACC tournament. Major League teams are canceling or suspending seasons right now. Talk about the economic impact of that on top of a stock market that drops 10% in one day. Well, this is why some economists are saying we're probably almost in a recession now because recessions occur when consumers don't spend normally. And so what we're seeing are the events that you're talking about being canceled. And for example, if you had an event that brings in $100 million, when you talk about all of the ancillary effects, that's about $200 million in local communities. So the community's not going to have that. People aren't going on vacations. People aren't traveling. People aren't eating out as much. So whenever you have normal spending decline, uh, you're, you, could, you set yourself up for a potential recession. You, on top of that, then, you have this you have this 30% decline in the stock market, and although that's on paper, uh, people feel poorer now. And so there's, there's a relationship between that and spending, and roughly speaking, about five, your spending goes down about five cents mm. for every dollar you lose in the stock market. So I, I'm, unfortunately, I think we're probably headed for at least one quarter, maybe two quarters of negative growth, and that could set us up for an official recession. I heard someone say today that the, the health crisis with coronavirus may be less than what the economic crisis is and the, what's right. happening with coronavirus and, and how it's spreading and changing people, the way they interact, they go sure. out and spend money, invest money. Well, some have said, for example, the stock market's overreacted, and, and that's because we don't know. We don't know a lot of these key facts. We don't know how long this is going to react. This is, again, a unique virus. The experts here can, can fill you in more in a, than I can. But, but fear, I think, is really what's overwhelming a lot of mm -hmm. consumer and business decision-making. If we begin to get some good news about the coronavirus, for example, if we find out that Italy is now containing it and we see new cases going down, that could spark a tremendous rally on Wall Street and that could lift people's spirits and we could get back to normal. But until then, mm -hmm. I think people are going to, to assume the worst and behave accordingly. It's been a very psychological time mm -hmm. and a detrimental time for a lot of people just not knowing what's right. going on. Uh, we're talking about testing. Regina, thank you for setting that up. Uh, Dr. Tilson, let's talk about testing and where that stands, because as you said on Monday, we know that the numbers are going to go up of confirmed cases because more people are being tested. Right. <clears throat> and um, getting the ability to test more people has been one of our biggest priorities in the past couple weeks. Um, what um, our testing capability in the state lab had been dependent upon a certain piece of that testing process that we were supposed to be getting from the CDC um, and we were not getting that. So we've had to then um, work and think about other ways to expand our testing capability because we've been wanting to test people. It's an incredibly important piece and we were not getting what we were needed. So um, we have then um, uh, been able to expand our testing capabilities um, as well as with our private partners like LabCorp, mm -hmm. which is great, based right here in North Carolina. They've been incredibly great public-private partners with us in this. Um, they have had expanded capabilities. Some of our universities are coming online. Some of other private um, um, lab companies are able to test. So we're really grateful for that. We have more capability at our state lab and through our private testing, which is great. So we'll be able to have now more expanded testing and you'll see that reflected and we put out revised guidance for providers uh, Tuesday night that really opened up 
um, that that ability to, to allow me to pour test uh, to get tested, which is great. It's really important for one, the hard work that our local health departments do mm -hmm. in terms of identifying cases. It also helps us really understand um, the spread of the disease. It helps to inform what other policy decisions we might need to make. So I think we're in a lot better place now. Well, that, and that's great to hear, Regina. I know that you were stressing on Monday about the importance of washing hands and just some common sense things to do so that you don't spread the virus or contract it. Well, I think since um, we were here last, there has been more guidance. And I think one thing that is important is that people who can tele telework, that you do that, and that will make some more social distance between you and your coworkers and your clients. That's a new word clients. we're all learning, a new phrase, social distancing, right? That's, that's <laughs> right. And so also, um, disinfect your work areas where you can uh, wash your hands very well and we talked about the hand washing techniques you can find those online at um, your state websites CDC websites also try to stay away from people who are sick if you are over 65 we recommend that you really try to stay away from people that are sick. How contagious is coronavirus? And, and if you are walking into a restaurant and you touch a door, should you be worried? I'll take that one. Yes. So let's talk about the, we use the term risk in a bunch of different um, um, scenarios, and I know that can be confusing, but when we think about um, who is at risk for um, getting infection from somebody else. So um, the highest risk population is those who are in household contacts with somebody with a known positive. So if you're living in that, and those are a lot of those cases that um, our local health departments are following up. The second what we call moderate risk is that if you are within three to six feet of somebody with symptoms, so coughing, sneezing, for a prolonged period of time, 10 minutes or longer, that puts you at a moderate risk. If you are just in a room, but more than six feet away across the room, Shouldn't That's be a very low. And if you're just walking by someone in the grocery store, is it any really more not. contagious than the flu? Um, it, uh, it may be because remember this is a new virus, so nobody has immunity, right? And no, we don't have the vaccine, so it's more easily spread because nobody has that um, that immunity. But it is spread the same way um, as the flu. And I would I will be remiss to say that remember. Flu is still widespread in North Carolina. You are much more likely to have flu than novel coronavirus in North Carolina. So all the things we're doing to protect ourselves from, from COVID-19, hopefully, is hopefully help protect prevent ourselves from the flu as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. Much I, more. I, I would like to say one of the things we talked about is not touching your face right. and your nose, and that's a new habit for some people. Yes. We really have to start thinking about all of those things. Yes. All right, we are going to be uh, continuing this discussion. Please stay with us much more on coronavirus facts, not fear, right after this. Thank you for staying with us. Joining us tonight for Facts Not Fear for the special Dr. Elizabeth Tilson, the State Health Director, Regina Petaway, Wake County Human Services Director, as well as Mike Walden, an NC State economist. Mike, back to you. Elected leaders have started talking about stimulus packages to try to help the economy. What do you think about those ideas? Well, first, the federal government obviously has a role in helping our health professionals get kits out, et cetera. So, and we had an $8 billion package that Congress passed, the President signed to help do that. Secondly, though, the federal government now is debating what kind of uh, greater assistance. And one happened today. The Federal Reserve came in and is going to provide an additional trillion dollars of money to make sure the credit markets don't freeze up. Translated, that means if you want to buy something and no one's there to, to if you want to sell something, no one's there to buy it, that's not good in the credit market. So that was an important step for the federal government, for the uh, Federal Reserve. 
The big debate, I think, is, going to, is ongoing now between the administration and the Congress over what kind of other uh, help will be provided to, for example, businesses that are hurt, uh, people that lose their jobs, et cetera. Uh, the president's talked about uh, lowering payroll taxes. They've talked about loans to businesses, et cetera. I imagine something will come out of Washington, but now we've got politics coming into play, so there's going to be a few days, I think, of debate. So I, I look for a package, though, coming out of Washington to help those, uh, th those pieces of the puzzle. Back here at home and at NC State, your university, what is life going to be like without students really on campus and taking classes? It's going to be different, and this may be a look into the future as we do more teaching via, uh, via the computer and, and the, the Internet, which we've been doing. In fact, that's been a growing part of the, of the uh, university. But having graduate students around, not around, for example, who helped me do my research, or having students, to, I, I'm still, I mean, I'm, I'm almost 70. I still teach the old-fashioned way. I want to see someone. Sure. I want to connect with them. And you're losing that, obviously, when you have to teach uh, electronically. So it'll be, it'll be an adjustment. It's such a big part of the college experience, too, to yeah. have fun with friends as well as uh, be in class together and really learn better. Uh, Regina, let's go back to you. How is your staff reacting? I mean, obviously, you all have been working very long hours, but are they themselves worried about this virus? Yes, they are worried, just like everybody else. But the focus is on looking at the plans that we have in place and right now implementing those plans. And that includes um, putting teleworking into place, staggering work hours, and just making sure, for example, people have the computers and the equipment that they need to work from home. And so they're focusing on what they have to do to help with this crisis, both to protect the people that we serve, but also their coworkers. I think that's always hard when people in your position are working to help the greater population, and yet you think about, well, what about my family? What am I going to do and how I worry about them. So, I mean, I think it's, it's, a, it's a balance for people in your position and state workers who are working so hard to try to protect other people. Yeah, and I think we need to walk the walk as well, right? And so making sure that we, as much as possible, are doing that, um, setting that role model, doing the, the teleworking, making sure we're washing our hands. I think, I think that um, for us to be able to serve and protect the people, we need to be sure that we're protecting our own uh, workforce as well. What about a timeline on all of this? When are we going to know that we're in the clear and it's yeah. okay to go back to being life to normal? I would love to know that answer. Um, I think it's, it's really hard to know. I think we are seeing a, a, a turn in China, which was the epicenter, which was great. So that was about, um, about two months. Um, so I think it's going to be hard. I think there's been some speculation. If the weather warms up, what will that be like? Um, I think we know with other um, coronaviruses and, with, and like with flu, there is a seasonality to it. It's, that's why we call it a cold and flu season for a reason. I'm not sure if that's going to play out with this new one because it um, as I said, nobody has that, that, um, that antibody already. Um, so um, I'm not sure how long it lasts, but what we're trying to do is get ahead of it as much as possible to prevent that spread so we can shorten the length of time that it's spreading as possible. And I might say from an investment point of view, that's right. exactly what the investment markets are doing. They look ahead. They're trying to look months out. So if there is some good news out there in a few months from now, like with China or like with Italy, for example, that, it doesn't have to be good news here yet, but if the investment markets see good news coming, they'll react and they'll react in a positive way. Regina, I know when you were here last, you said that you yourself would worry about going to places where a lot of people were gonna be. So 
what are you feeling now? Are you still um, worried about going to different places? And, uh, and how can we still live our life with still being able to go to the grocery store and go meet with friends, go out to a restaurant, and still be able to relax a little bit? Well, um, the guidance is right now to um, avoid, if you can, crowds of 100 or more. And I think that's really good guidance. I would not be afraid of going to the grocery store um, or places like that, again, unless you're in one of those at-risk categories. So again, if you go, just remember, wipe things down, wash your hands before and after, and I think you'll be okay. Everybody's hands are getting very dry from <laughs> all of the hand washing, but that's a good thing. All right, we're going to take one more break, and when we come back, more questions for our panel of experts, including what to do if you want to travel. Welcome back to our special coverage of coronavirus. Dr. Tilson, we're going to talk about traveling now. What about families? This is spring break season, so what should they do if they have a trip planned? Yeah, travel is going to, I think, be increasingly hard as well. I think you saw the federal government is already making some different travel restrictions. One of the things we are saying is be sure that you're checking the CDC website and the Department of State website to understand what travel restrictions are in place, um, one where you shouldn't go, and also if that you might be subject to quarantine on the, on the way right. back. So it's a rapidly moving target in terms of international travel, so I would, I would pay attention. And that, if again, if you are someone at higher risk, um, we've already talked about, um, and CDC put out this guidelines so that not probably not having ma mass travel, so not going on a cruise, not going on an airplane. But if you're a higher risk, I would have increased um, caution about traveling. Regina, what about planning ahead to summer camps and swimming in swimming pools? Is that safe? Well, I can't say if it's safe or not, and who knows by May or June what it what it will be like. But I would say, you know, don't plan anything that you can't cancel. And go ahead if you have uh, to make camp reservations, go ahead and make those reservations. Um, we don't know that it's gonna go that far into the future, but again, we don't know that it's not. And Mike, as people are looking at their <laughs> 401ks, I know it's hard not to look at it. We, we've talked to some people, one person today who lost $150,000 just in one day in their retirement account. So what should you be doing if you're looking at investments nothing, in the next couple nothing. months? Nothing. Um, we lost 50%, the average person lost 50% during the Great Recession. That was up 300% before we've had this, this crash. This is the nature of stock markets. They, they ebb and flow. The long run investments though in stocks do very, very, very well. So I just don't look at the indices every day. This market will come back. And the good news is going into this crisis, the economic fundamentals were very, very good. Yeah, so this, jobs numbers were So great. this is a crisis brought on by, unfortunately, this virus that, that no one could predict. So once that's contained, uh, I think the economy will come roaring back. Dr. Tilton, we just have a few seconds left. Do you feel that the state is now in a good position to help people weather this coronavirus storm? I think we're in a pretty good um, position, yeah. And I think that we really want to be very proactive because the more proactive we are at the front, then hopefully the shorter the time period we'll have to go through this. And this is temporary, right? So that we're talking about a lot of things. This is temporary. And the better we can do that on the front end, then the shorter we think we'll have to do that. Are you finding that people are actually complying with the request to? I am, yeah, okay. I am. Absolutely. You too, Regina? Absolutely. Okay, yeah. people are taking this very seriously. Yes. Yes. All right, so hopefully a little bit of discomfort now, but it will get better, exactly and hopefully right. the sooner it will get better. Exactly right. 
Thanks to all three of you so much for joining us this evening. If you have missed any of tonight's program or you would like to watch it again, just go to WRL.com. We also have updates about the latest effects of the coronavirus outbreak online anytime. Have a great night, everybody. Stay well.